Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's James the Brain. I am Travis the Beard. And this is Super Flexible. We have John Hogue missing yet again. He will be back next episode, though. Can't wait to have you back, John. You better be. Uh, James, I know, right? James, we're back again to finish out this insanely deep NFL wide receiver group. Uh, we finished last episode uh, through wide receiver 36 finishes. We did it by finish uh, for the 2017 season. The This next group, though, uh, we're just we're going to kind of take a different approach here. We're going to go team by team and just talk about all the guys that we think deserve to be talked about uh, or hold any sort of dynasty value that we think should be talked about that did not finish in the top 36. And surprise, surprise, there's an insane amount of them. Uh, so we're going to go team by team here and just hit on the ones that, that we think uh, need to be talked about and kind of you know give our thoughts and and or values on and what we're doing with these guys let's give the listeners a little bit of uh advice on moves to make and you know are you holding keelan cole selling keelan cole that kind of thing um so i'm going to kick it to you here let's start with the steelers um we talked about brown obviously and juju so but still on the roster we've got martavis bryant Eli Rogers, I think one of these guys deserves some dynasty talk, and one of them does not. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not buying Eli Rogers at all, so I think that's probably the guy that we can skip. Uh, Martavius Bryant's interesting. Oh, I was I felt the other way. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Go mm. ahead. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think Martavius Bryant's interesting. It's interesting to see kind of what happens with him. Is he back in Pittsburgh? Does he end up somewhere else? He definitely has uh, had the off the field issues. So if you're investing in him, you're not investing a lot. Um, I just think that he's a high upside, um, low floor guy who, uh, if he ever gets it all together and it happens in Pittsburgh, he could very well see himself, um, you know, having having some uh, some very good dynasty value. Um, it, you're just rolling the dice at this point, hoping that he finds it because he hasn't as of yet. So um, I'm probably holding Martavius Bryant because you're probably not getting much for him if you sell him. Um, I don't think I'd be actively buying him, though. Uh, what do you think, Travis? I couldn't agree more. I think you're I think you're stuck with him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's let's go to Jacksonville. A little bit more interesting. A lot more a lot more dynasty relevant pieces here. Um, Allen Robinson is probably obviously the the most valuable one there. And I mean, this guy was top eight, top six, even dynasty wide receiver coming into the season. We got Marquise Lee had kind of a breakout year. Keelan Cole was a rookie. Uh, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure he was a rookie. Um, he had kind of a mini breakout, and then Alan Hearns hasn't been relevant for two years now. So what are we doing with these guys? How do you see the uh, Jacksonville wide receiver core kind of panning out? I, for one, am all a poor... I think... I like Alan Robinson and Marquise Lee. I think one of them's gone. I think they're both dynasty relevant. Um, I think Alan Robinson... If he's... If he leaves... I'm going to honestly be – it depends on situation, obviously. But I don't like wide receivers changing teams uh, for their first year in the new in the new offense. That generally doesn't work out very well. Allen Robinson is obviously a very, very extremely talented player. 
Marquise Lee, though, I'm really high on. I think he showed a lot this year, and he's kind of another one of those guys that we had to wait a little bit for. Um, but I think I think he showed he's going to be a contributor on an NFL team, and I think he's going to be a solid dynasty wide receiver two, three kind of guy for you. Um, and then my take on Keelan Cole is uh, upside to be kind of a – I don't know. I think he's kind of Kenny Stills. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, Allen Robinson's probably the most coveted, uh, you know, outside of Jarvis Landry, the most coveted potential free agent wide receiver out there. Um, I think Jacksonville definitely has a, a choice to make between Robinson and Lee. I don't think both of them are back. I don't think they need both back. I think Marquise Lee is the cheaper of the two options. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I know that, that you said Allen Robinson you know, you, you don't like receivers their first year switching teams. And um, I understand why. However, I, I don't know. I, I almost feel like Allen Robinson couldn't land in a worse situation than in Jacksonville. I mean, that, that situation right now is they're going to they're run heavy, man. I mean, they're going to run the ball. They'll do some play action. Uh, Blake Bortles is what he is. He's okay. Um, I, I don't feel like he's anything special, um, but I think he's okay. Um, but I, I mean, I, I can't think of a situation. I mean, even if Allen Robinson winds up with the Bears, I could see that being a better situation. I mean, I, I don't see a worse situation for Allen Robinson. So I think his value goes up if he goes somewhere else, to be honest. Uh, Marquise Lee, um, another USC wide receiver that took a couple years to get going. Um, but uh, I, I think, you know, in a contract year, he really showed that kind of kind of flashed some potential there. Um, I Honestly, if I had to predict, I think Marquise Lee's the guy that ends up back in Jacksonville. Um, and I am buying Keelan Cole because of like what you said. I don't think Alan Hearns is any good. I think Keelan Cole um, is in line for a decent role there. Um, I think he plays really well off of play action. Some of the things that he does work really well in that offense. Um, and so I think I'm buying him because I think you can get him really, really cheap. And, uh, and I would take a shot on a, on a young receiver there with some upside. And what happens if Allen Robinson and Marquise Lee walk? Uh, Keelan Cole could be in for a huge uptick in snaps. Um, with D.D. Westbrook there, um, and again, Allen Hearns, I don't, I don't see a whole lot from. So um, D.D. Westbrook's another interesting guy, probably a guy that I'm, I'm looking to buy as well. Um, but, you know, his, his price might be a little steeper. So, um, you know, if you have him, hold him. If you don't have him, uh, maybe try to feel out the owner who has them and see what uh, what they're giving them away for. But uh, if the price is too steep, I wouldn't pay anything more than a, uh, a late second, early third for them. So um, that's kind of my take on it. Um, Crazy! I can't I can't believe I left my boy Didi off this doc here. Uh, I I think you know I, I'm I'm kind of like um, I don't know. I'm pretty malleable, James. I'd like to think, and and what you said there kind of changed my opinion a little bit. I think I'm okay with whichever one of these receivers leaves. I think you're right. I think they get an uptick, and, and uh, as far as Robinson or Lee, I think Lee. I think Lee is still underrated. I think he can go to a different team and absolutely produce. Um, I I do disagree though in that I wouldn't be actively buying. The, the lower two of the three or four Jacksonville wide receivers that are staying in Jacksonville. So I don't I don't know I don't know want to I don't want to buy Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook and be stuck with the wide receiver two and three in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I know I like the players, but what, I mean, kind of what you said, I mean, it's a run first team, but I think Bortles is probably back. And, you know, we all know how that situation is going to probably pan out. So, I, I like both those guys. I think Didi probably is the guy to own over Keelan Cole, right? And, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm okay with either one of the, the bigger two names that leave. Um, if they if they both leave, I kind of feel like they have to bring somebody else in too. If if Lee and Robinson both leave, so that's gonna muddy the waters a little bit for Cole and Westbrook. Um, so yeah, I mean those guys are kind of, mm, you know, and and Hearns is not even. I don't even, if he was on the waiver wire, I don't I don't think I'd pick him up. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm I I think I'm the same with Hearns. Um. Cool. You know, moving on, let's go to Seattle. Seattle's really interesting to me because, I mean, outside of uh, Doug Baldwin, we've got Paul Richardson, who, you know, had a breakout year and is a free agent. Uh, you have Tyler Lockett, who has flashed some potential, but, you know, has never really put it all together. You got Amara Darbo, um, who's there, who's a, a young guy who, um, you know, always, we, you kind of always hear about him, but you never really see much of him. What's your take on some of these Seattle receivers, and uh, how would you handle handle those guys moving forward yeah we talked about baldwin uh, a few episodes ago so go back Mm -hmm. and listen to that if you haven't yet um i've i've been on paul richardson for a while now i mean not obviously not the only one a lot of people have and he's a talented guy i like him he's a little bit on the you know scrawny side but he's shown big play ability and i think he definitely ends up on a different team. Somebody's going to pay him, you know, five, six, seven, eight million a year. And, and I think he's going to be, I don't know. I just, I don't know that his upside's all that high, honestly. Uh, he's not going to be a number one on a team unless it just becomes the, some sort of crazy injury riddled bears offense or something where Dontrell Inman's your number one. Right. But Anyways, I think he's a. I think he could be a, a a good player on another team as far as dynasty goes. I think he could be you know a kind of flex option for you. Lockett, I I think I'm out on Lockett. I think I'm done waiting for this guy. I think that Seattle addresses the wide receiver position for sure uh, this off season. We you know whether that's through free agency or the draft. Uh, I know they just drafted Amara Dabra, but he was a super late pick, and and I think I definitely see them bringing somebody with a higher profile in and kind of taking that number two, maybe maybe even number one role um, if they go big at, at the wide receiver spot. Yeah, I think, man, the problem I have with the Seattle Seahawks is this: they they have so many holes, and they don't have a ton of money. To spend, uh, I mean, that offensive line has needed help for how long? I mean, years, really, right? So, so they got to fill some of those holes, and then I'm, I, and maybe I'm in the minority here, but they have about seven running backs, and I don't think they have any running backs really. I mean, I, I think Chris Carson is probably the closest thing they have to being a guy, but I mean, even last year, you know, he got an opportunity, he got hurt. I mean, they, they just don't. They don't have anything there. I could see them bringing in a running back that, you know, they can rely on to be that guy. Um, 
you know, so that's another position they have to address and uh, address. And now the wide receiver position, they're getting older on defense. They may lose, you know, t- two safeties, uh, defensive linemen. I mean, they definitely have a lot of holes to fill. So while while you say that, uh, you know, you expect them to bring in a receiver, I think it's an area of need. I just don't know if they can afford to, to address all these needs. So I think Paul Richardson probably ends up going elsewhere, um, I, and I agree with you. I think um, Paul Richardson's a playmaker. He's a guy who could probably, um, you know, play on a, a, another team and be sufficient. Um, so he has some value, but you're right. He's scrawny. He's small. He's limited in what he can do um, just from that standpoint. Tyler Lockett, to me, is a guy that, I mean, absolutely, you nailed it. I mean, pretty much we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this guy to come around. My only thing with Tyler Lockett is I I feel like he's going to get another opportunity for some playing time because I just I don't know that and even if they do address the wide receiver position I don't know that they can do more than maybe a draft pick on it you know or maybe just one free agent coming in so I feel like Tyler Lockett's still going to be in line for some playing time um so I mean what are you going to sell him for if you have him? I mean, nothing. His value is bottomed out. So if you have him, you got to keep him. And if you don't have him, I wouldn't be trying to buy him. But at the same point, I, th- I think he's I think he's a hold for you if you got him. Um, and Darbo, I think you're right. I mean, that that you know, he he's a flyer. He's a guy that if he didn't contribute last year when they uh, they had some issues and Russell Wilson was doing his thing, um, I don't know that this is the year for him either. So. Um, you know, but again, you know, like I say, it's, it, if he gets the opportunity, which, you know, he might be in line for, um, you kind of never know. But, uh, but again, another guy that's probably, Darbo's probably a guy that's on the back end of my bench. And, uh, you know, he's probably one of my second or third guys that are about to get cut if, you know, if I need to make roster space for someone. Yeah, I, I want to correct myself. Darbo was actually a third round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I, I guess I had forgotten that he was drafted two rounds ahead of Tyree Kill for what for what that's worth. Um, so let's go. <laughs> let's go to <laughs> your neck of the woods, James. Cleveland Browns. Um, none of these guys obviously finish in the top thirty six, but they've got some very interesting pieces here. Josh Gordon. Corey Coleman headlined the the list there. They've also got Richard Higgins, who flashed a little bit. Ricardo Luis, who's had some buzz. Um, some other some other ancillary guys, but obviously, the people the, the players that people want to know about: Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman. Um, I like both of them, and I know from conversations past that you're kind of lower on Corey Coleman than I am. Uh, there's rumors that he could be shipped off. I don't buy into that. I think they're both going to be back. And I think they're. I think if they can get a quarterback in there, this this offense. I, I hate to say it because I said it last year, but this offense could be kind of explosive uh, with these these two guys. They've got David and Joku in his second year. You still got Duke. Everybody thinks they're going to draft a running back. So what do you think as far as these two wide receivers and, and their dynasty outlooks? Uh, Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman. Yeah, I, honestly, uh, Travis, I, I, I think the world of Josh Gordon. I mean, the dude was out of football for two years. He comes back and he doesn't look like he missed a step. And I know, you know, he, his numbers weren't 
weren't fantastic, um, but he had some games, and he looked the part. He looked really good. Kaiser uh, missed him on a couple of throws. Um, you know, he was definitely the focal point of that offense. Um, so I, I, I really feel like if you have Josh Gordon, you're so happy you know, at this point, because you probably had him on your roster waiting for him to come back. He came back and he looked pretty much as good as you could hope, in my opinion. Um, And so moving forward, uh, Josh Gordon, again, you know, a guy who always has had some off the field stuff. But the thing with Josh Gordon, man, is he's always been honest in where he's at in his rehab and in his, you know, kind of, kind of what's going on with him. Um, and as of right now, I mean, he states that he's, he's doing really well. And so I'm, I'm kind of buying that. Um, this was a guy who was reinstated at one point and said, no, nah, I got to go back into rehab. Um, because I still got some issues. So, uh, I mean, this, this was a guy who very well could have continued playing through those issues and tried to do what, you know, but he didn't. So, um, for me, Josh Gordon, I'm buying right now. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I'm paying a premium for him. He is a little bit older still. Um, but I, um, you know, if I have him, I'm definitely holding. If I don't have him, uh, I might kind of inquire. Um, I wouldn't overpay for the guy. Corey Coleman's another issue. Corey Coleman to me is a guy who, if he could stay healthy, we could actually see what we have with Corey Coleman. The problem is that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I don't want to use the term injury prone because Travis will yell at me, but he has been susceptible. As you shouldn't. He has been susceptible <laughs> to injury. Let's just put it that way. Um, Let and, me jump uh, in real quick. Sorry. Mm-hmm. He He's had two broken hands. That's it. He is a wide receiver who suffered two broken hands. Only in Cleveland would you have a wide receiver with two broken hands. That's fine. And that's like having a running back Cleveland. with two broken feet. Like, you, <laughs> you've got some. You've got some Cleveland bias here, and I would argue it's not at all the same as having any pro athlete with two broken feet. Bro- broken bones heal, and. You break a hand, it's a fluke injury, it's a broken bone. Broken bones are not at all predictable or predictive or there's no there's zero correlation between one broken bone and another broken bone. They're two separate. I know it doesn't seem that way, but they're two separate random injuries that both happen to be on his hands. They're both broken bones. They will heal. No, and my, I, I get my, that. My opinion, I, my opinion, go ahead. I just had to throw that in. Since no, 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 the, and, and you're right, you're right. And there's, the injury prone. There, there, there is no, there's no indication that a broken hand is going to lead to another broken hand. So I get that. You're absolutely right. However, the omen that we have a wide receiver with two broken hands just, I mean, that that's such a, that's such a Cleveland thing, right? But, all right, so I digress. I, I, I'm... <laughs> Because because of that though, I, I, I you don't really know what you have in Corey Coleman, and that concerns me because you know we're, we're going into what season number three, so I'm I'm a little worried that you don't know with Corey Coleman what you have there yet, and so um, all he has to be now with Josh Gordon there is a guy who can beat the number two corner. So I'm a little bit more a little bit more optimistic, but the thing is is that I just I we need him to stay healthy, and I know he's only had two injuries. But he's had two injuries in two seasons. So this this third season, you know, if the guy can stay healthy, we can find out, you know, how good he is and what we have with him. Um, but the other guys are Shard Higgins, Ricardo Lewis, not guys that I'm keeping um, at all. Yeah, you they're got anything to add there, Travis? No, yeah, those guys are not even worth a roster spot. No, no. Um, I mean, Higgins, if you've got a deep bench, 
I don't. I don't even see it. Honestly, I don't see a path to success for this guy. No, so, no. I, I think it, Cleveland probably brings in some more depth at wide receiver. Yeah, too. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he, he's the guy you should have picked up off waivers and flipped for a second round pick in weeks in week two. Um, yeah. I just want to say real quick, Corey Coleman. I feel like even I, I feel like you might even we might even have to wait one more year for Corey Coleman if. Because even if he's healthy, uh, so this is if the if the Browns don't fix their quarterback position. It's terrible. Because Josh Gordon's going to be the one there. So mm-hmm. if they if they if they don't fix the quarterback position, and it's Deshaun Kaiser or it's who the hell knows, right? I don't know. Everybody thinks they're going to fix that position. Hopefully they do. But I'm just saying if they don't. I'm still not giving up on Corey Coleman. If he has a bad year with no quarterback again, I'm still I'm still holding hope for him because it's not that at that point it's not his fault, right? Like I, I guess, but I I mean, at what point does his draft pedigree? Do you look at it and go, okay, this guy was a first round pick, but he hasn't done no, anything. But see, it's in not three just years. the draft. Got a, it's not just the draft pedigree. It's the all the external factors that you factor in more than I do, right? Like, okay, not more, but it's not even it has nothing to do with draft pedigree it's the fact that for year one broken hand year two broken hand year three he's healthy but he's got deshaun kaiser and josh gordon is the target hog okay i'll give him one more year that's all i'm saying like until until he has the opportunity pr- to produce and doesn't i'm not going to give up on him. yeah and i guess and so i guess my point is if you've got him even right now i mean you're holding him right like he's I'm not. You're holding. Yeah, I, I, and and I was just gonna kind of, kind of hit to that. Is, is that I guess if you have him, you, you pretty much have to hold him, because you're not gonna get anything near, you know, decent value for him. Um, however, after after this year, I think if he if he struggles this year, I mean, I I've waited three years for this guy to break out, and whether it's injury or whether it's production or whether it's circumstance, I I, I don't know that I want to wait a fourth year. Um, and maybe that's just, I, I don't have the patience you do. That's fair. No, that's totally fine. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. But if he, if he breaks, if he breaks an arm, I'm not going to count that against him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I get that too. I think it's just a difference in philosophy there with him, but, um, let's move on to the giants. Um, <laughs> an interesting team just because you know they got a lot going on but Odell Beckham obviously Odell Beckham Jr. uh, was hurt um, got hurt early in the season really um, hurt a lot of fantasy owners because he was such a you know you build your team around a guy like OBJ and um, that injury hurt Um, and then Sterling Shepard you know it's a young receiver who I mean they the Giants signed Brandon Marshall a lot of people were down on Sterling Shepard then you know with Evan Ingram Brandon Marshall, Odell Beckham, you know, how many how many footballs are, are they going to have? You know, how many targets can Sterling Shepard command with those guys? And uh, Sterling Shepard ended up having a pretty good year. And, you know, the guy's talented. He's good. And uh, I'm probably buying Sterling Shepard just because I think um, I think there's not enough name cachet there. The Giants offense had a down year. Uh, people expect Odell Beckham Jr. to be that flashy guy. Everyone's high on Evan Ingram. I think Sterling Shepard kind of gets lost in the mix. Um, I, I think there's a lot of question marks about those Giants, though, man. I mean, who's the quarterback moving forward? They want to keep Eli, but they say that they, you know, they might invest in that quarterback. 
position. Um, I expect them to draft a quarterback, you know, high. They have a high pick. I think a lot of people expect them to draft a quarterback there. Um, so I, I don't know. There's a lot of question marks there, but I think Sterling Shepard's young enough and has shown enough to me that uh, he's a guy I want. Odell Beckham, if you have him, obviously you're keeping him. Um, I feel like if you want to move Odell Beckham, you better get a heck of a package that you feel really good about just because he's so young and his upside's so high. Um, but uh, I know that uh, you might not be quite as high on Odell Beckham as I am. I'm not sure, Travis. What uh, What are your thoughts on these guys? So you're going to make me say it. Say it. Say uh, it. <laughs> so I will, I'm going to start off with Odell Beckham is probably still, right now, the most valuable player in Dynasty football. So don't get me wrong on anything I'm about to say. Because you should absolutely not sell him unless you are getting an absolute haul. And we can talk about the trade that I made where I traded Odell Beckham away or not. And I, you, may, you may not think I got that haul. Uh, and that's fine. So my, my whole thing with Odell Beckham is if you've got him, you should cling tightly. I, I will say that. <laughs> um, I personally can't stand the dude i don't like watching him i don't like rooting for him i don't like when the when when the network cuts to him laying in the rock and laying on the floor in the locker room crying 20 times i don't like i don't like him as so let me just clarify that he is an absolutely fantastic outstanding football player I just don't like rooting for him, and I I think that we all kind of have those guys, and that might, I don't even say might, it is a stupid dynasty football move to make, and and it's it's stupid to even weigh that in as far as you know your your dynasty team's success, right? Like that, your personal preference towards a player in a vacuum should not factor into your dynasty moves. But I always go back to fantasy football is supposed to be fun. And I like having players on my team that I like to root for. And I don't like to root for him. And that I, I'm probably going to hate... I'm probably going to get tons of hate tweets, and that's totally cool. I'll take them, whatever. I, that's just... That's where I'm at. I don't like the guy, and I don't want to root for him. And so... And, and also, I'm not going to sell... Like, I'm not going to sell some third string wide receiver just because I don't like him or you know what I mean like the fact that he's the number one overall dynasty asset plays into my favor and that I can sell this guy that I don't like rooting for for an absolute insane haul of players and picks right like that's the only reason I'm doing that and I'm not even doing it like if I'm if I'm a contender I'm not selling Odell Beckham and and I did sell him in a league in our league that you, me, and John are in, it's a super flex league, but that that was a rebuilding roster, and so I used both my distaste for the man, and I don't want to, like, I don't know the guy, obviously, right? Like, everybody gets the benefit of the doubt. I don't know this guy personally, um, so I don't want to talk trash about him. I just don't like rooting for him, and I don't like, I don't like watching him. Uh, play and or not play um, but I, I guess I utilized that and the fact that he's the best 
dynasty asset available and uh, to sell him and and help my team with multiple pieces so that's the only that's my whole point that's the only point i'm going to make is that if you're a rebuilding team i absolutely am not going to yell at you for yelling him if you get what you think is the right value which i think i got and some people absolutely don't think i got enough value and that's totally fine so Travis, real quick, I we kind of, we got your stance on Odell Beckham, and um, and I think it's totally reasonable to to want a guy that you want to root for, but but real quick, I kind of want to get your thoughts on Sterling Shepard, and um, I, I just I, I really um, kind of higher on this guy than I think most are, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on him, um, on on what kind of a dynasty yeah, was, that he is to you. I was okay with your with your thought on Sterling Shepard. I. I don't have a strong opinion either way. Um, part of me thinks he was only even as productive as he was because he was the top option available in that offense. And when they come back with a healthy Odell Beckham, how could his target share not fall off? So I'm a little bit worried there. Um, but I, I agree in that his value right now probably isn't as high as as it could be or should be because everybody's expecting Odell Beckham back. He's going to come back, and and everybody's thinking the same thing. What does that do to Sterling Shepard? There's no way he's going to be as good as he was, right? So I, I, I agree that his value is probably a little bit depressed. So I'm okay either way, honestly. Like I'd, I think he's going to be a startable asset. I'll leave it at that. Awesome. Okay. So now that everybody hates me for hating OBJ, let's go to um, let's hit let's hit Tampa Bay real quick. Um, really, I mean, we talked about Evans. Obviously, the only other relevant guys I think are Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin. Um, and I think honestly, Chris Godwin's more relevant for dynasty leagues than Deshaun Jackson is at this point. You may disagree. Um, but I don't really – I mean, Deshaun Jackson honestly is like – I don't even – I, I literally have zero feelings about him. Like, <laughs> I don't really care. Uh, I don't think he's going to be useful to me on my dynasty team. He's. I'm not going to start him. I mean, maybe – and you've got super deep starting lineups. He might be a flex guy for you. And that was this year, right? Like, next year – is Chris Godwin's role going to expand? I think probably. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I think Godwin's a buy. I think Jackson is kind of blech. I don't really even know. Nobody's buying Deshaun Jackson. You might be able to throw him in to, to put a push a deal over the top. Um, do you disagree? What do you, what do you think on Jackson and Godwin? Well, I no, I agree. I, I think Godwin is, is the guy to own. Um, I would want Godwin over Jackson, absolutely. I'm high on Godwin. I just I don't know when his opportunity is going to come. Um, to me, here's the weird thing about Deshaun Jackson. He was open. I mean, he got open deep, but Jameis Winston could not hit him. I mean, Jameis Winston must have missed him deep double digits at times. I mean, I, I touchdowns. I mean, it was bad. Every time Deshaun Jackson was open deep, Winston couldn't hit him. So I, I think if Winston can, can you know, I, and again, you know, we kind of touched on Jameis Winston, you know, playing injured. Maybe that had a lot to do with it because, you know, normally his deep ball wasn't, you know, that bad um, accuracy-wise. So I think if if Winston can help that, Deshaun Jackson becomes a startable guy, a wide receiver three, um, total boomer bust guy. I think we, we've gone over that. Um 
but yeah, definitely not a guy that I'm buying. Um, he's getting up there in age, and his role's diminishing. Um, he's he's a total boomer bust guy. He's a guy that you know could get you two two grabs for 18 yards, or he could get you four grabs for 119 yards and two touchdowns. So I, I think that's kind of kind of what you get with Deshaun Jackson. But um, that that the the higher line that only happens if Jameis Winston fixes what he needs to fix. So. Um, yeah, there's a lot that has to happen for Deshaun Jackson to be really good, but I think there's a path to it. So, um, yeah, that's that's basically the way I feel about those guys. You got anything to add, John, or uh, Travis? You call me John like three times now. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the last time I did this, it you was just wish just, you, you wish so badly that John was here instead of me. I, I'll admit to nothing. <laughs> so let's let's move on. We got to the Washington receivers, Travis. You got Josh Doxson, uh, Ryan Grant, who's an unrestricted free agent, Terrell Pryor, who's an unrestricted free agent. Um, I don't know if I can see either of those guys back. We talked about Jameis Winston a little bit. Um, Josh Doxson's a guy who, I mean, it seemed like they wanted to give him opportunity after opportunity. He just never. You mean Jamison Crowder? Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Crowder. I'm sorry. Jamison Crowder we talked no, about good. earlier. Yeah. Um, and again, Josh Doxson's a guy who it seems like they gave him opportunity after opportunity and he did nothing with it. I mean, he just, uh, he's a red zone guy. He's a guy who I could see having eight to 10 touchdowns working the outside. Um, but you know, that's great. But I mean, I don't see him ever being a PPR guy. I don't ever see him doing much outside of the red zone. And that's really limits his role. Ryan Grant's a guy who could be had back for cheap, um, you know, I, I don't really know on, on whether or not that's a guy they'd look at bringing back. I think Terrell Pryor is a guy that's definitely gone. They had high hopes for him, and he just didn't live up to him. Um, I don't know that I'm really high on any of these guys. I mean, Josh Doxson's probably the guy I'm highest on only because I feel like he's going to be force-fed some more opportunities. He was a, a high pick, and, you know, with high pick comes, you know, hey, we got to hit on this guy or else, you know, some of us could be out of jobs. Um and so I, I think that he'll, he'll you know, be given opportunity after opportunity again. Um, but I, I haven't seen a whole lot from him that says he's going to grab that opportunity and run with it. Um, but the other two guys, you know, had opportunity too and didn't do anything with it. So I, I don't know that I'm high on them either. What about you, Travis? You got any feelings on them? Yeah, I think, I think, you, I think you buy Jamison Crowder. I think you sell the rest of them. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. That's that's pretty much where I'm at. I think Doxson Doxson could theoretically still pan out. He I mean, but he was an old rookie coming yep. in. I uh, I mean, he had 35 catches his second year. He's not he's not dead yet. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I still think I'm selling. He's still got that label of, you know, an upside guy that I think you could still get some value from, but right as of right now, Crowder is the only one I want in that in that uh, wide receiver core. Um, so Rams, let's go there. We got Sammy Watkins. Obviously, we talked about Cooper Cup and Robert Woods already. We got Sammy Watkins here, um, who is technically an unrestricted free agent. Uh, and then we've got, you know, the other guys there. We got Josh Reynolds, Farrow Cooper. I don't. Those are kind of end end of the bench guys. I've heard some some hype for Josh Reynolds. Um, as far as Watkins goes, though, I'm I'm still still on board, man. I he's. I, I'm not giving up on Sammy Watkins. I think he is still you you called me out on this weeks ago, but he is a top ten talent at the position in the NFL. 
and I stand by that. This guy is fantastic, and I think maybe I th- there's talks that he's going to come back. He wants to come back. I don't really prefer that just based on how they used him last year, but he was traded midseason. Let's not forget that. And how, how often do wide receivers get traded midseason and then succeed? And this guy had like eight touchdowns. So, I mean, I think for, for being traded midseason, I think he did okay. And in that explosive offense, I think there's no way that they don't know how good he is and that they don't start utilizing him more, even if he stays on the Rams. And then Reynolds is kind of... And, and, you know, a little bit of an upside end of bench, end of bench stash guy. I don't see the point in rostering Pharaoh Cooper uh, anymore. Yeah, Sammy Watkins, I totally get. I mean, he's definitely a high upside guy. He's flashed that potential. I mean, you've seen how good he can be. I think we saw that a little bit in Buffalo. Um, I think no matter where he plays, he's got that p- potential. So I can understand why why you'd want to buy him and, and why you see him as a a guy who could be a top 10 talent. Um, Josh Reynolds, I think I'm a little higher on than you. I would definitely buy him as a uh, uh, one of those guys that I think they made a concerted effort, the Rams did, to try to get him involved a little bit. Um, he's a guy who I think has a little bit of a steep learning curve, um, but he's a guy that I think has a lot higher upside than a guy like Cooper Cup, and even maybe Robert Woods, if he hits, I think he might have a higher upside than him. And you're right, Farrell Cooper's a guy that, uh, I mean, he's not even worth owning. So let's move on. We got uh, the Chargers. We got Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, guys that we're kind of looking at on the roster. Uh, we already kind of hit on Keenan Allen. Mike Williams, a highly touted incoming rookie, uh, got hurt, really didn't do much. Um, he's a guy that I think you have to hold. Um, his value just isn't there after this rookie year where he you know didn't do much and he was hurt. Tyrell Williams is interesting because it seems like every time this guy gets an opportunity, he puts up decent numbers. I mean, not great, but decent this year. Um, the year before, it was you know fantastic. Um, Tyrell Williams is a guy that if I have, I'm probably holding just because you don't know what's going to happen with Mike Williams. And Philip Rivers throws the ball an awful lot there. Uh, Travis Benjamin is a high upside guy, one of those guys that uh, if he catches a deep ball, great. If he doesn't, then um, you're probably not getting much from him. So, I mean, he's an end-of-the-bench guy uh, in my opinion. Um, what do you think, Travis? Yep, end-of-the-bench guy for sure with Benjamin. I think I think we've seen what he is. He's not going to ever be a consistent contributor for you. Um, Tyrell Williams, man, I don't know what to do with him. I, I honestly, I think I'm out. I think I'm out on Tyrell Williams. I think he had his shot and he succeeded, but I think he's just one of those kind of average NFL receivers where, you know, he succeeded because of opportunity, but with Keenan Allen there and, and Mike Williams, who I'm definitely not giving up on yet, and, and to go into him real quick, I think he's absolutely a buy. I mean, this guy was a top 10 NFL draft pick. I know you don't care about that, but it, it's true. And uh, he he's, in his, he's going into his second year. The, the injuries concern me a little bit, especially back injuries. Those usually aren't something that just completely go away. So that's concerning. Um, but... He his ADP right now is one thirty six, and that's not even super flex ADP. So I mean, you could get this guy in the one fifties probably. We're talking the thirteenth round of startups. Like I, I will absolutely take a shot on a top ten NFL draft pick going into his second year in the thirteenth round of a dynasty startup. All right, so real quick, this episode is brought to you by GTBets.eu. Uh, official sponsor of the Super Flexible podcast. 
Are you looking to get some action in on today's games? Head over to gtbets.eu for all your sports betting needs with updated odds covering all the major sports. The bottom line, gtbets.eu will have you placing your first bet within minutes with their simple-to-use registration process. So register now and earn up to $500 in free money. It's free money, James. Free money. <laughs> Simply add Superflex in the referred by field to get the highest possible welcome bonus. That's Superflex, all one word, no spaces, for your welcome bonus at gtbets.eu. And let's move on to the Tennessee Titans, man. This is uh, all of a sudden kind of a crowded wide receiver core here. We got Corey Davis, Rashard Matthews, Taewon Taylor, Eric Decker, uh, who, by the way, is a free agent. Um, I pretty much want Corey Davis really badly. And um, I think I, I might be on an island here. I think Rashard Matthews is kind of just another guy. I think he's a solid NFL contributor, but I think his days as a every week starter in Dynasty or Fantasy are over. Taewon Taylor's got some upside. Um, I like him as kind of a, you know, I, I think I'd buy him for, you know, I'd, I'd spend a, th- a third round pick for Taewon Taylor. Uh, well, I think that's not an outrageous offer. I think you can get him for that. And then Eric Decker, I think his days are over as a fantasy relevant player. I actually agree with everything you said. I know we've been on different sides with Rashard Matthews, but <laughs> I will t- I will tell you this. Um, Rashard Matthews is getting another year older, and with the offense that uh, it looks like Tennessee is going to be running, I think Rashard Matthews is my, might be the guy that doesn't really fit in. He's a guy who's going to be on the outside who doesn't get as many looks as a guy like in Taewon Taylor's case, guy in the slot that uh, that can win over the middle. Um, and then Corey Davis, is he's a physical specimen. I think uh, the more targets he gets, the better he's going to be. So, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said there. All right, so let's go to Miami. Devontae Parker and Leontay Carew are guys that are uh, kind of interesting there with Jarvis Landry on the outs. Um, Devontae Parker, dude, I I don't see it. I don't see it. I am trying. I tried to buy Devontae Parker. I'm trying to buy into this this whole Devontae Parker thing, and I just don't see what everyone else sees. I just, I don't. I, I feel like the guy has had opportunity after opportunity to be that number one receiver, even with Landry there, and he just never took it. Leontay Carew is a guy who I can get for so much cheaper. A guy who, I mean... You, he might be on your waiver wire. If he's not, he he might be available for. I mean, I don't know. What's what's your latest pick in your your league? Fourth, fifth? I mean, whatever you have, he might be available <laughs> for. And I would probably buy him at this point, just because it looks like he finally might get the opportunity that uh, that you've been waiting on. If you've been owning Leonte Cruz, so what's your take, Travis, on those guys? I I mainly agree. I just want I want to hit Carew first because he is one of my favorite off season buys slash pickups of mm-hmm. of this offseason for sure. Um, I did actually get him on waivers in a couple leagues, and then I bought him for a fourth-round rookie pick That's in another league. Awesome. And it's, it's really like it's zero risk, right? Obviously, waiver wire ad and or fourth-round rookie pick is absolutely nothing. And if, if Jarvis Landry leaves... Leonte Carew could absolutely be a fantasy contributor. And I mean he's he's an interesting dude. He's got his he's built kind of like a running back. He's got he's got good 
um, yards, you know, yard after catch abilities, and and I like I like him. So, and I think he could definitely have an increased opportunity um, coming into next year. Devontae Parker, man, I'm not, man, I don't know. I'm not totally giving up yet. I'm obviously lowering him just like everybody else because he hasn't quite done it yet. But he's flashed moments of just brilliance. Like there's there's times you watch him and you're like, when did A.J. Green go to the Dolphins? Like he, I mean, there's moments where you're like, damn, this dude's got it, right? Like there's something about him where he 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 looks like a wide receiver one at times, but I don't know if it's if it's something in between the ears or what. Um, we've obviously heard all the coaching reports of you know work ethic issues and just not not trying hard enough, not getting the playbook, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know, man. I, he's got the raw talent for sure. And if he can get it together in his head, I think he can still succeed. But I'm I'm definitely losing hope. I've still got Devontae Parker as my wide receiver 26, which I think is pretty high. Um, so that's just to kind of give an idea. I, I, I'm still holding him if I've got him. I absolutely don't see any point in selling him. Let's go to uh, Baltimore, which I think will be pretty quick here. Um I think they address the wide receiver position. None of these guys finished anywhere even close to the wide receiver 36. We got Jeremy Macklin, Mike Wallace, and then um, some guy named Brashad Perryman. Yeah, uh, you'll see his name most likely on the IR um, because that's (laughs) that's where he spends most of his time. He hangs out there quite often. Um, Brashad Perryman, man, I mean, a first-round pick. Um, a guy that they had such high hopes for, and he's just terrible. Yeah, I, I don't want any of those guys, but I will tell you this. There is a guy that I'm buying, and he's next to nothing. As a matter of fact, he's Wait, probably on the waiver Wait, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think you're going to go with Chris Moore. I think you're right. I think I'm going to go with Chris Moore. Yeah. I, I, it, it was either him or Michael Campanaro. Yeah, I, yeah. I figured you'd no, go it's, for Chris it's, Moore. Dude, I, I, yeah, Chris Moore um, was a guy who I was high on coming into the league when he came out of Cincinnati. Um, but I, I, he finally got some opportunity this last year because of injuries, and uh, and he looked okay. You know, he he had a few touchdowns. He did have a big drop in a, in a game that uh, that wasn't uh, his best moment. But um, he's a guy that I know Harbaugh likes a lot. Um, they use him a lot on special teams. He finally got his time to shine on offense, and I think he's a guy that could be you know a slot guy. I don't see you know, a lot from him, but I do think that that's a guy that I'd invest in over any of these guys. I mean, Mike Wallace, Jeremy Macklin, these guys have been there, done that, and uh, and they're they're on their way out to the league. Prashad Perriman can't stay healthy. Um, if there is one guy I'm going to use the injury-prone tag on, it's Prashad Perriman. Um, so uh, that's that's just my feeling on the Baltimore receivers. You got anything to add, Travis? Well, no, not really. I think Macklin, I think, might be almost a buy low. Just because, I mean, not really. I don't want to say I'm, like, all in on this guy. Like, I just think he is so worth nothing right now. And he's had NFL success in the past, right? He's had absolutely, like, I mean, he's had wide receiver two seasons. And so, I don't know. I He might be a guy you can get for super cheap. 
who could produce next year at a wide receiver two three kind of range and and be usable um on on your lineup so and he's an i mean it's not a sexy name and i know that but macklin i think could could potentially still be usable so that's all i'm going to say there you want to go to you want to hit New England? Yeah, let's go to New England. I mean, uh, Chris Hogan's an interesting name. You know, kind of what what do you do with him moving forward? Um, obviously, they have Cooks there. Um, Julian Edelman is supposed to be coming back from injury. Um, they say that he might be a guy who could get cut. Um, I don't buy it, and the reason why I don't buy it is because Danny Amendola is an unrestricted free agent. I don't think he's back. Malcolm Mitchell is a guy that if you're holding, please stop holding. I, 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 Everyone seems to fall in love with Malcolm Mitchell, and he never gets an opportunity. Um, I mean, they brought in Kenny Britt. That that should tell you what they think of Malcolm Mitchell. Um, I just just he's a guy that you can probably get rid of, um, in my opinion. That's that's a guy. To I, be I fair, be to be fair, Malcolm Mitchell was on IR all year when they brought Kenny Britt in. True, true. But I, I yeah, I, I, I guess I've never seen it with Malcolm Mitchell. I just haven't seen the upside that people rave about he, he never really got much of a run there in new england um, but when he did it didn't seem like he did anything special with it they, they just kind of have a log jam there i mean chris hogan's under contract julian edelman's under contract you just brought in brandon cooks um i don't know that i see a clear path for anybody else uh, to get playing time i think th- if danny amadola is gone you need somebody like julian edelman that can work the middle of the field um you know, Gronk is a guy who stretches the seam. I, th- this offense needs Julian Edelman, in my opinion. So um, I'll be honest with you. Julian Edelman is older, but he's a guy who, after, you know, the injury, could be had for a song or a dance. I mean, uh, if if he's really, really <laughs> cheap, I, I might actually go try to buy him. That's just me. But uh, I, I think I – think I, normally I won't say that about an older receiver. That's a guy that I might look at – trying to buy for a really late round rookie pick and seeing if I can get that job done. So um, that's just my take on it. I don't know. What do you think, Travis? I think it would take a third still to get, to get Edelman. Would you pay a third? Hmm. Boy, that's right. I don't think you can get him for a fourth. I don't think I, I I don't think I do an early third. I think middle third, I'm thinking about it depending on my roster construction. If I, if I'm a contender, I probably have a later third and I would give that. I think the move with Edelman, honestly, in my opinion, is you you hold him absolutely until next season. You wait till he has ten catches in week two, and then you ship him off then. Because right now he hasn't hit the field in, I mean, months, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I just think his value is super depressed. And you wait till he's back on that field playing, and everybody in your league sees him on the field making catches again. I think you're going to get a better return. Um, Malcolm Mitchell, I'm, I think I'm holding Malcolm Mitchell. I don't. I mean, you're not going to get anything for him. Why are you going to sell him? I think he's. I mean, he's obviously towards the end of your roster. Um. But. I, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm not totally as out on Malcolm Mitchell as you are. I'm not totally bought in either, but I, I, I think he's definitely worth a roster spot. And you hold him and wait and see. I mean, he had he, he's going into his third year. It's not like he's some old guy. And, you know, his, his rookie year, he had, uh, I, I mean, it wasn't great. He had, I mean, he had 
32 receptions, 400 yards, four touchdowns. And that was, he started six games. I know I just said that doesn't matter how many games he started. But he obviously wasn't an integral part of that offense. And then 2017, he didn't play a single snap. So, you know, I don't know. He's going into his third year, technically his second year. So I don't, I think there's still some upside there is all I'm saying. Um, let's go to Dub uh, Bears. What do you think about, <laughs> we got Kevin White, Cameron Meredith, Kendall Wright, Josh Bellamy, Dontrell Inman. Personally, the only one I want anything to do with is Cameron Meredith at this point. I think they strongly address the wide receiver position through free agency and the draft. I think they bring in two, three guys, and these, you know, the Kendall Wrights, Josh Bellamy's, Dontrell Inman's of the world are going to be completely irrelevant. Um, so I guess, what do you think about Cameron Meredith and Kevin White <laughs> is the real question. Yeah, I think I agree with you for the most part on everyone but Cameron Meredith. Um, I'm getting rid of – I don't want any part I, of any of these receivers. And to me, Cameron Meredith is the one that actually holds some value still, and I don't, I don't want him either. Um, I, I saw him have a good six- to eight-game stretch with Chicago. Um, he really hadn't done anything previous to that. He couldn't even hit the field. Um, I, I, I just – I don't think he's all that good. Um, I think he's he's riding this wave of just a few games of success into people thinking that, well, maybe he's okay, and I don't think that's the case. So I, I don't want any of them for different reasons. Obviously, Kevin White with injuries, Cameron Meredith just because I don't think he's very good. Kendall Wright is an unrestricted free agent. He actually had a decent year for the Bears at the end of the year, um, and uh, and I, I – don't think he's very good either um so i don't i josh bellamy's a guy he's a special teams guy that uh, doesn't get much run on offense inman was a guy that they brought in hoping that he could help out he he didn't provide much he's an unrestricted free agent i don't want any of them to be honest that's totally fair i mean i can't fight you on that um there's not any sort of guarantee that cameron meredith cameron meredith is going to be anything ever again who we got next yeah, we got the Jets next. And you know what? This is really interesting because, you know, Robbie Anderson was the guy there. I mean, he was the man. He put up some numbers. I mean, he really did. But with everything that's going on with him, there's no guarantee that he's even back with the Jets. So now we're looking at guys like Quincy Anunua, uh, Ardarius Stewart, Chad Hansen, Jermaine Kearse. Um, of these guys, the guy I'm going to take is probably the biggest dark horse, and that's Chad Hansen. I, I liked his film coming out of college. When he came out of Cal, I, I really feel like um, he can be a receiver that winds up on the outside and wins some matchups. Um, I, I think Ardarius Stewart is a guy that I like, but I think right now guys like Quincy Anunua and Ardarius Stewart, guys, people who have those those guys rostered, they know what happened with Robbie Anderson. You're not going to get them for very cheap because they know that they got a guy that could end up being the wide receiver one for a team. Chad Hansen's a guy that could be 
it's probably on your waiver wire. If he isn't, he can be had for, again, you know, a really, really late pick. And I think he's got as good a chance as the other guys as uh, ending up uh, having fantasy value. Um, so that's a guy that I'd probably be investing in because I think it's a low-risk, high-reward type thing. Um, other than that, I mean, Quincy Anunwa is, is okay. Our Darius Stewart is definitely interesting. Um, you know, he's a guy who just got off his rookie year, too. Um, he, he and Chad Hansen were drafted together. Jermaine Curse, I just think, is a guy. Um, and uh, I think we've seen enough of Jermaine curse to kind of know what he is and I'm, I'm not buying him yeah so I'm, I'm so James I'm gonna go ahead and and take your word on the chat Chad Hansen hype there I don't really know much about Chad Hansen or our Darius Stewart to be honest um we just talked about how Chad Hansen had nine receptions this year and our Darius Stewart had six so obviously neither one really had any sort of large opportunity Quincy Anoon was intriguing to me um, he had a ton of hype coming into this year, but he definitely seemed like, I don't know, like a poor man's Devin Funchess almost, you know, <laughs> like this big guy who's going to see opportunity because there's no other, like he's the best option available. And I don't, yeah, I don't know. And I, I don't think the Jets are going to be good again, you know, I don't know. There, there's a chance that Quincy Anun was the most valuable wide receiver on this team in 2018. That chance exists. Um, that being said, I'm not, I'm not buying him. And, and if anything, like you said, the Quincy Anun, the Quincy Anunwa owner, the Darius Stewart owner, they are fully aware of the Robbie Anderson debacle, and I think it's an absolute sell opportunity for both of those guys so i yeah i think i'm on board there um i don't really want any of them and if chad hansen's on the waivers sure i'll pick him up and we talked about jermaine curse um let's go to uh my arizona cardinals here uh we talked about larry fitz in the first episode because he's awesome and he's obviously super high up on the list but we've got Pretty crappy situation in Arizona. No quarterback, new new head coach, new OC, new DC. Uh, Fitz might not be back. No quarterback. Uh, and then we've got these guys. John Brown, Jerron Brown, J.J. Nelson, Chad Williams was their third-round rookie this past year. Uh, John Brown and Jerron Brown are both free agents. All of a sudden... The Cardinals have one of the crappiest wide receivers core in the, wide receiver cores in the league. Yeah, man, that uh, that's if Fitz retires, this might be the worst wide receiving cores in the league, and that's that's unreal to me. But uh, saying a lot yeah. considering we just talked about the Jets. Yeah, I know, and and well, I mean, and they're right there. I mean, it's just it's interesting, but you know, I I'm I'm gonna kind of revert to you on a lot of this because uh, you're you know I know how closely you follow the Cardinals and uh, and and you know your stuff when it comes to that team. I will say, um, if if uh, Chad Williams was a guy that I was kind of high on coming in, and I I don't know that he got the opportunity that I was hoping he got he would have gotten. Um, but um, I, you know, I don't know the reasons behind that or, or kind of what happened. So I'm gonna kind of kind of go to you on that. The only thing I'll say is that the guy I would want, I think, is still Chad Williams, depending on kind of kind of what you what you tell me here and what you inform me of. So um, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna kind of 
relegate to you here. Oh, yeah. I mean, if there's anybody other than Fitz that you want to own for the Cardinals, I guess it's Chad Williams, but it's got to be super cheap. I mean, and he is. So he's def- he's down in that Chad Hansen area of you can get this guy maybe on waivers, maybe for a fourth-round rookie pick. Like, people are giving up on it. He was a third-round rookie pick in 2017. Like, it's not like people had a high investment. You know, they're... Owners are definitely willing to let this guy go. He didn't show hardly anything. He had three catches in 2017. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, he, he could potentially become something. My money's still on John Brown, and that's not as an Arizona Cardinal. I think he's gone. But this guy's talented, man. It's just, It's been the injuries with him. And... You know how I feel about the injury-prone label. But it's different when a guy has a disease that affects his Mm -hmm. soft tissue and and muscular function, right? Like, he has the sickle cell cell trait, and we've seen in the past few years that that can can hinder a wide receiver or any, any player, especially in their lower extremities, right? And that's what John Brown has been suffering from is these constant hamstring injuries and 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 soft tissue issues. So if, if he can get a handle on that, this John Brown's really good, man. I mean, he's still kind of limited in that, you know, he's he's fast, he's small, so he fits in that in that category of receivers. But he he's shown some. D- definite explosiveness. I think if a, if a team gives him a shot and he can stay healthy, I'm not writing him off entirely. But I'm definitely I'm not. It's not like I'm paying a lot for him. I mean, a third is probably the highest I'd go. But I think that could get him in some leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, you know that was kind of good to hear that. Uh, kind of your thoughts on that. I I always felt that John Brown was pretty um, talented. You know, he's he, good, dude. He, yeah, he had he had he had some some games, you know, uh, earlier. Um you know, a few years back it looked like John Brown was going to be a thing and then uh it, he just kind of fell off, man, and that sickle cell is is for real. So it, yep. it'll be interesting. He's a guy to root for though. All right. So, you know, let's let's go to the Bills. We got Kelvin Benjamin, Jordan Matthews, Deontay Thompson, Zay Jones. Uh Travis, are you buying any of these guys? What are you doing with these guys uh, over in Buffalo? Kind of forgot about the Bills here. Um, I think most people do. <laughs> Man, Zay Jones had a crap rookie year, huh? Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I love to hear your take on him. Deontay Thompson is whatever. He's not really worth mm-hmm. a roster spot, in my opinion. I'm very intrigued by Jordan Matthews. Um. They they obviously brought him in via trade. He is an unrestricted free agent, and he's produced in the NFL before. Let's I mean it wasn't that long ago, uh, and so he has just been completely written off. I I kind of like Jordan Matthews as a buy low. Uh, he whether it's on the Bills or another team, I think he's not done in this league. I think he could absolutely be a, a contributor again. Kelvin Benjamin, I've never really been high on, but if he's there, I mean, 
and if he's healthy, <laughs> it's it feels so bad, so wrong to say it, but <laughs> I mean, this guy was a high-end wide receiver too at one point. And he's a big dude. He's like he's one of those I don't know, man. <laughs> it's hard for me to say nice things about him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we're we're both in that boat, man. Because I I'm the same way. I don't know. I I see a path for success for Kelvin Benjamin. I don't think he's necessarily done, but he could be. I don't know. His floor is zero. Um, but he could have. I mean, he could have another. He could have twelve touchdowns next year. That could happen. Yeah, yeah. That's just it. I I think. There's a lot of unknown in Buffalo, you know. Who's going to be the quarterback? What's the Tyrod Taylor situation? You know, I, are they are they going to trot Nate Peterman out there for, for? I mean, for some reason, I they seem to really like him. I I don't know. I, yeah, I I'm with you on Calvin Benjamin. I agree. Um, I definitely think that it's difficult for me to, um, to say a whole lot of good about him. But there, you're you're absolutely right. There's a path for success, and. I could see it. I just, um, I personally, I, if I have them, I guess I'm probably holding because you're not going to get value for him. But I don't like the fact that I have to hold him. And if I don't have him, I'm happy that I'm not in the market to buy him. Um, Jordan Matthews is interesting because you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, he has had success in the league before, and he is a guy that maybe you kind of look to buy low on. Um, Deontay Thompson, I agree, kind of, kind of sucks. Um, but Zay Jones, man, Zay Zay Jones is the guy to buy, in my opinion. Because really, okay, you're right. he had a t- he had a terrible this is rookie super, year. This is I mean, super interesting to me. Terrible, right? So, I mean, his cost has got to be at an all time low, right? I mean, he he was he was really bad, right? But the problem is, is that he actually flashed. There were a couple games. There was a Thursday night game where Buffalo played that he actually did okay. He had some decent games. So, look, I, here's my thing. I think I don't think they're done with Zay Jones and Buffalo, so I'm not going to be done with him fully. I think he can be bought for very, very cheap, and I would look to buy him for cheap because of that. Um, so if, yeah, I mean, that's the guy I'm looking to buy. All right, so moving on. <laughs> Let's look at, and and I, I really, I, 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 this is going to be quick for me. Let's look at the Cincinnati receivers. We have Brandon LaFell, uh, Tyler Boyd, and John Ross. Um, I want nothing to do with any of them. <laughs> They're already talking about moving John Ross to cornerback, so um, that that's alarming to me. Uh, Tyler Boyd has never really lived up to the expectation that, uh, that he had when they drafted him out of pit, and Brandon LaFell is just a guy... Um, that I'm not interested in him catching balls from Andy Dalton. So uh, that's my take. What do you, what do you got on the, the Cincinnati guys? I am 100% on board. Uh, I don't want any of them. I mean, John Ross, I think because it's his only, it's only a second year. Maybe you hold on for one more year and he gets some playing time and, and you can sell. I mean, right now in yeah. his career, he's got negative one fantasy points. So, there's only, I mean, he can literally only go up. Yeah, yeah. If you have him, you have to keep yeah, him. Yeah, so. I mean, there's nothing to do with him except right. keep him. You're not going to get right. anything. Right, but I'm not him, trading but, yeah. for John Ross. And some people I think no. are, and I don't, I don't really see it. I, Unless you're in an hard, IDP you know, week and you can use a corner. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I mean, he was a first-round pick, right? And we talked about that earlier, um, last episode, I think. Though it's first-round picks, 
tend to get multiple chances. Absolutely, the dude broke Chris Johnson's record, for right? The fastest and there's forty. That. I mean, so, so there, I mean, he has some physical traits. It's just when I when I hear the fact that Cincinnati wants to move him to corner, that's that's alarming to me. But no, you're right. Yeah. If you have him, you have to keep him. Absolutely, right. All right, cool. So Dallas is pretty ugly. Um, Terrence Williams, Bryce Butler, Noah Brown, Ryan Switzer, Cole Beasley. <sighs> gross dude uh but butler's yeah. a ufa for for whatever that's worth um i think honestly we saw cole beasley be successful last year i think the only the only one of these five that i want is ryan switzer and that's for super cheap i think he's another yeah. one of those guys you can buy you could buy ryan switzer for a fourth right now probably Mm-hmm. And he's another one of those guys that if I've got the bench room and I'm, you know, if I'm a rebuilding team and I'm looking to acquire some super duper cheap guys that have some upside, I think I think Switzer qualifies for that. Uh, I've, I mean, I've picked him up off waivers before, you know, a couple times. So I don't know. He's out there, and and a fourth round pick. Is zero risk in my opinion. He's the only one out of these five that I even want to roster. Honestly, I mean Cole Beasley. I, I mean I guess you hang on to him, but I don't see him really coming back to to weekly fantasy relevance. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I, I real quick, I just do Dallas get some receivers. You you got it's driving me nuts. Okay, so I own Dak. In multiple, multiple places, right? And look, I, I know that Dak didn't have the greatest year. I know that he wasn't always accurate. I know that, um, you know, once Zeke got hurt, you know, that, that hurt. I, I Here's what I think. I honestly think that Zeke getting hurt hurt Dak because it took away a receiving option from him. He has nothing. He has Dez sometimes when Des can get open and he has an aging Jason Witten. So dude, Dallas, please, please. I don't want any of these guys. Please up, upgrade your receivers. Dude, it's, it's killing me. Please get some receivers that aren't trash like Terrence Williams, who you continue to trot out there to start. Uh, I, you, you draft Ryan Switzer, who's pretty much Cole Beasley 2.0, just a younger Cole Beasley. Like I, that's my thing. Is that like just please, please upgrade the position, Dallas. Please do yourself a favor. Look at what the Eagles have done. Upgrade your receiving position, and uh, and that's the end of my rant there. Um, <laughs> you got anything to add, Travis? I do not. All right, good deal. Let's move on to Minnesota, which is really kind of interesting because we already went over Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. But you still have a guy, Laquan Treadwell, who hasn't lived up to the draft type. You have Jarius Wright, who looked good at times as the wide receiver three. And then you have Michael Floyd, who's an unrestricted free agent. Um, what, what's what's your take on these guys moving forward, Travis? Uh, well, believe it or not, I still am holding Laquan Treadwell. Um, but I will say he is in that same group that we've been talking about where – this guy is acquirable for a fourth-round rookie pick right now, which is insane. He was the 102. Mm-hmm. And, ugh, that's just – that's so crazy. But, yeah, he's he's dirt, dirt, dirt cheap. And for a first-round pick, I mean, I know he's still behind those two guys. But like we've been talking about, this guy's I, – I, I don't know. <laughs> 
He's going on his third year, which is not um, encouraging. But I, I still believe he will eventually get a shot. Uh, and you know, you, you just hold him, you hold him for dirt cheap until then. Um, we got Jarius Wright who flashed a little bit towards the end of the year there. I think he's just a guy. He's not even worth rostering. And then Michael Floyd uh, had some, had a ton of hype two years ago, right? From the Cardinals, free agent, blah, blah, blah. And then he had all those off, off field issues. And he's an unrestricted free agent this year. I don't know. I mean, he's the kind of guy where if you take over an orphan and you've got just absolute garbage on your team, you might drop a guy for Michael Floyd and just cross your fingers, but he's he's on waivers. <laughs> and I don't I don't know that he yeah. I don't know that he doesn't deserve to be. Yeah, I, I think I kind of agree with that. I, I Michael Floyd's probably an end of the bench guy. Um, Jarius Wright is what he is, but I, I think you nailed it with Treadwell, man. I'm I'm so I, I'm there with you. Um and, and it's not because of draft capital, because I think, you know, we've gone through it once you know, in my opinion, I don't care if he was the 1.02 in the rookie draft or first-round pick in the NFL draft. My thing with Treadwell is is that he didn't get opportunity his first year, and we heard some things about, you know, maybe he had some trouble learning the playbook, that sort of thing. But, you know, it seemed like last year when he did get an opportunity, he flashed a little bit. You know, you saw a little bit of, oh, yeah, that's why. You know, I, I mean, and he didn't have a ton of catches, but some of the some of the receptions he had, you just kind of looked at it and you went, oh yeah, that that's why. You know, that's why they spent that high pick on him. So I still have hope for Treadwell, um, and and I think that I mean, if you draft a Treadwell, what are you doing? I mean, you can't sell him. You know, I mean, what are you going to get? A fourth round? I, there's nothing. So you have to hold him if you have him, and if you don't have him, um, you might be able to get him dirt cheap, and he's probably worth you know a fourth round pick if. If the Treadwell owner is just done with him and fed up with not getting anything out of the position, so um, you want to hear kind of where I'm at too. You want to hear a crazy stat? Let's hear it. Treadwell had 20 times the receptions this year as he did his rookie year. Did he have 20? He had 20. <laughs> <laughs> 20 catches, 200 yards, zero touchdowns. Yeah, he just – there were some of those catches that you saw that it was just like, wow, okay, yeah, you know. Got two feet in, made a great I, catch, and you're yeah, just – Yeah, man, you know, and I, 20 I is such an insane improvement. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, next year he's up to 40. You, you know? never know, yeah, man. You slowly never know. but surely. We might even hit 50. Well, if he does if he does 20 times the 20 that he did – I mean, he's, break, yeah. he's breaking records. All right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, we've got a couple more uh, wide receiver cores to hit here. Super Bowl champs, James. Philadelphia Eagles. We've got Torrey Smith and Mac Hollins. Um, feel free to add anybody else in here that I missed. We talked about Alshon Jeffrey already. Um, Torrey Smith, uh, I mean, no thanks, really. I don't really have any desire to have that guy on my team uh, Mac Hollins was actually the subject of my first ever uh, article that I wrote so no way really? yeah my first ever article was uh, Mac Hollins player profile um, 
So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he he had some moments for sure. He's kind of a a deep threat guy. He led college football in yards per reception, um, I think, his junior year. Um, So he's, you know, he's one of those down-the-field threat guys who who can definitely provide that for an offense. But, I mean, he's kind of limited. I don't know. He could be, theoretically, his upside is the wide receiver, too, on that team. Um, But not really. I think he's going to be the one, you know, a situational type of player. Um, He's going into his second year, so who knows what his career holds, but... I think I'm. I think I'm holding him if I've got him. He's really doesn't have enough name cachet or, or buzz to kind of flip him for anything. Um, and he was he was kind of a waiver wire pickup anyways, or super late rookie pick this this past year. So, I think he's I think he's worth an end of the the bench roster spot, and and that's pretty much it. I don't really want anything to do with Tory Smith. Yeah, no, I agree on Torrey Smith. I don't want anything to do with him. But Matt Collins, it's interesting because there was two guys when we did this, um, when we were doing this, you know, other guys who finished outside the top 36. There were two guys that I really wanted to go to bat for to buy. And one of them I already did, and that was Chris Moore for Baltimore. Um, and the other is Matt Collins. I, I really feel like wow. you're right. That this, Yeah, that the ceiling for him is he could be a wide receiver, too, on a team that seems to get the best out of the players that they have. Um, Matt Collins, to me, is a guy who, who flashed a little bit. He showed, you're right, he showed that deep threat. He showed that he can do that. Um, and I really feel like if he can get open over the intermediate parts of the field, he's a guy who can make some yards after the catch. And so... You know the the limited things that I've I've seen from him. You know the limited opportunity that he had in Philadelphia. I've really liked, I, and he costs nothing. Like you said, I mean nothing. He's either, you know, a fourth round rookie pick or uh, uh you know on the waiver wire possibly. I mean he's it, it's low risk, um, and he's a guy that I'm 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 really high on. I, I I think the Eagles have a bright future. I um I really enjoy that coaching staff. And real quick. I know this doesn't have anything to do with Matt Collins, but shame on every single NFL team that had to hire a head coach this offseason and did not hire John Filippo as their head coach. Dude, how that guy doesn't get a head coaching position after seeing what he did with Carson Wentz, and then when Carson Wentz goes down, he's the quarterback coach that leads Nick Foles to the championship, to the Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, and this guy's not a head coach. Like, I, I, I... I'm baffled. I don't get that. Um, seemed like he interviewed for every position and uh, and nobody hired him. Um, I, I t- I'm still baffled. I mean, I, just based on what he did alone with the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback position this year um, shows me this guy should be a head coach. But yeah, especially on some of these teams that you know have been struggling to find a quarterback for quite some time, <coughs> Cleveland. Um, but yeah, that's just 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 my take on it. But uh, so that's interesting. But, yeah. what, you, what about their OC though? He's not getting a job either. Yeah, well, and, and see, the, and that's interesting. But I, I, everything that we heard was Carson Wentz. You know, John D. Filippo really established that relationship with Carson Wentz. He was really kind of the, the guy behind creating Carson Wentz. He was going to take the fall of Wentz didn't take a step forward this year and he was going to get the credit if he did and he did um but then to th- i mean just think about 
Yeah, the offensive coordinator absolutely had to call a good, you know, they had to have a good game plan um, in order for that to work. But think about, I mean, when your starting quarterback goes down and he's an MVP candidate, at the time he goes down and you take your backup quarterback and go win the Super Bowl with him, I mean, that is insane. That I mean, you got to give the quarterback coach some credit for that. And I, I just, I, it, it, to me, it's hard to believe that John Filippo interviewed for so many coaching positions and didn't get one. Um, seeing what he did with Philadelphia this year, he, he, um, I mean, I, I certainly think that he to, deserved it over some of the other guys, but that's just my, my take on uh, it. Yeah, that's no, totally fair. To me, that kind of screams maybe he's just a bad interview. Yeah, and that, that could possibly <laughs> like, be. He that had could he possibly interviewed for be. how many jobs and didn't get one? <laughs> well, you know what I think it is, and, and maybe it's just me, but I, I feel like if you look at some of the head coaching hires, they didn't, I mean, you had defensive coordinators, you had offensive coordinators, you didn't have quarterback coaches. And so I think his inexperience as far as being an offensive coordinator played, played a role against him. But, um, but just seeing, I mean, I think about the most important position in football is the quarterback position. This guy absolutely killed it. You want to talk about a quarterback whisperer? I mean, how is this guy not not up there with what he did this year? Um, it seems like he gets the game and he understands how to um, how to build quarterbacks. I, I would definitely, you know, think that he should he, he should have gotten a head coaching job. But that's just me. But you're right. You know, it very well could be that he didn't interview very well. Um, yeah, and, and I, that, you know, I, I don't know. I think I don't know, man. I just, if he was worthy of the job, I think he would have got one. And I don't just because you're good with quarterbacks doesn't mean you're ready to lead an entire team and this is way off way off script here but i mean to take nick Foles and win a super bowl i think has a lot more i mean there's a lot more factors it's not just that guy and i don't know i know you're not saying that but the the oc the head coach like it was it was that whole crew right and i get i get that he had a role with Wentz and and with Foles, but I'm more surprised, honestly, that Frank Reich didn't get a head coaching nod, and maybe DiFilippo gets the OC job. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't that seem more likely? Like, how often does a quarterbacks coach even get interviews for a head coach job? Yeah, and that's it, and that's why I think he didn't get a position, to be honest yeah. with you, Travis. I think it's because he hasn't had that offensive coordinator experience type thing. But uh, to me, that's 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 a poor a poor excuse not to hire someone. Um, and I totally I, I agree guess, with that. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess I guess my thing is is that the NFL. It's the same old NFL. Yep. It's you know you you gotta you gotta put in your time. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. It's the old you know the good old boys good club. Old boys club. And. Uh, and that's that's I guess my problem with it. And totally so, agree. Um, but yeah, that is what it is. So interesting uh, sidebar. You know, we got a couple. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple of guys to go through um, to, to hit up here before we finish this off, and one of them is Trent Taylor um, over in San Francisco. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the border with Trent Taylor. I mean, I, he's okay. Uh, he's an okay receiver. Um, I, I my thing is, is that I can just see him being. That safety valve, that guy, you know, that over-the-middle guy, that guy who can find holes in the zone, sit down in him, make a catch, and, and kind of go down. I, I don't see I, – I don't think he has a high ceiling um, as far as, you know, I don't think he, he's going to get a ton of yards or a ton of touchdowns. But I think this guy could end up being a guy who gets 
six to eight catches a game. So I guess that's my thing is that I think that's his ceiling. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if I have Trent Taylor, I guess I'm holding on to him. I don't think he's all that valuable. Um, I think his, you know, the, the best you're hoping for is you get a guy who could be a, um, you know, bi-week replacement type guy. Um, and the worst is you're, you're cutting him. So, I mean, I guess I, I don't, I don't really know. I, I don't think his value is all that high, but I think he belongs on a roster. What do you think, Travis? I, th- I think so too. And I like him. Um, I think, I think there's some upside there. I think we got to talk about Garcon in this, in this wide receiver group too. Um, cause he will be back probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I like this offense. I think that's a pretty chalky take to think that the Niners, if they if they keep Garoppolo, which we all think they're going to, um, are going to improve significantly. I, I also think they're going to address the wide receiver position for sure. Um, so what does that do? We talked about this that same thing with Goodwin, right? And we've got Goodwin, Garcon, Trent Taylor. Um, but Trent Taylor definitely flashed a little bit as you know that safety valve, short to intermediate kind of, um, you know Jamison Crowder role for uh, uh, Shanahan, right? So I don't know. I, I think there's upside there for sure, especially with coming in you know the same year as Garoppolo, and I don't know. It's kind of one of those bets you make for for pretty cheap that could end up panning out in a PPR league. He could be, you know, a Cole Beasley from last year kind of guy, um, which at that at that point you'd have significant, you know, flip value on him to get a second-round pick or something, you know. And, and Trent Taylor is one of those guys, again, falls into that category we've been talking about of just kind of sort of up guy, upside guys that you can buy for a fourth, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think we're on the same page with him. Cool. So uh, we're going to end it here on a kind of depressing note, <laughs> or not <laughs> exciting note, uh, I guess I'll say, with the Colts. Um, we talked about Ty already. We've got Dante Moncrief, James. And I guess we can throw in Chester Rogers if you really feel like it. Um, Dorsett got shipped off. I don't. I don't even know what else is there to be honest with you. I have Kamar Aiken. Uh, no, they don't. So. Oh yeah, they do. No, you're right. They do. Oh. He yeah. He had some a little bit of buzz after his short term success in Baltimore, right? Um, yeah, he he was pretty terrible this year. So, <laughs> so is there is there anyone? I mean, what are we doing with Moncrief? And I think the answer is no. But is there anyone else on this team that we even want to roster? Uh, what I mean, are you expect them to address the position? I mean, we we both kind of liked T. Y. Hilton as a bounce back candidate and and a super high upside guy. Moncrief, I think I'm on. He he's an under, unrestricted free agent, Dante Moncrief. So if he leaves, it's literally T. Y. Hilton and a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I expect Moncrief back. Um, if Moncrief is back and, you know, we're we're assuming Josh McDaniels is taking over as the head coach in Indy, 
um, then then I like Moncrief as as a buy low candidate just because I feel like it, you know the passing attempts alone are going to see Moncrief's targets go up and you know I, I think that's a good thing um, and I think uh, Brissett will be able to hit him you know uh, you know pretty often so I, I'm okay with Dante Moncrief moving forward as long as he kind of stays in Indy and, uh, and and Josh McDaniels takes over that role. But there's so much unknown, really, about about the Colts and what's going to happen there. So that that plays a big role into it. But uh, I think Moncrief is a guy who you could buy really low. And, um, and you know, you may hit upside if, like I said, if, if he resigns there and if uh, Josh McDaniels is in there. Either way, I think Moncrief is back. I think you're right. The Colts really have nothing. Um, they would have to bring in two or three guys if they let him go to, to have a sustainable offense, in my opinion. So I, I think Moncrief is back there. Um, other than that, I don't see anybody else that, that I'm really interested in uh, in owning or rostering for the Colts. Uh, what do you think, Travis? Yeah, I don't even know. I agree, but I don't even know if I want Moncrief anymore. I mean, at what point do we give up on a dude? Yeah, like, no, and I, I get it. He's I, going into his I, fifth I year. See some of that. His fifth year next year. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, his best year was seven hundred and thirty yards and six touchdowns. That's his best by far. I mean, more than double. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know he had a down year this year, and and luck wasn't there. And last year, he kind of regained some of his hype because he had seven touchdowns. Right? Like that was the whole moniker with Dante Moncrief. He had mm-hmm. thirty receptions, but seven of them were touchdowns. And so he yeah. was like, "Oh, he's his red zone weapon, and he's going to be the shit when luck comes back." And I don't know, man. I, th- I I guess my thing here's my thing. My thing is is the last time we saw Josh McDaniels run an offense, if you want to count New England, I'm fine with that too. Um, but even if you don't, if you want to just see, you know, when he was a head coach, man, Denver threw it a ton. I mean, the passing attempts were insane. If Brissett's drop it back 50 times, I mean, what what is that? Um, just on volume alone, Moncrief should improve his numbers, right? I mean, just on. You know, if it, the increase in targets he should see. So I really feel like if he's if he is back in Indy, which I think he will be, and if Josh McDaniels takes over, I think just based on volume alone, Moncrief's numbers have to go up. Even if you know it, they're not up to the point where you know he's even a wide receiver three, I think he'll be at least worth rostering. That's that's my deal with it. Okay. <laughs> it could could be. <laughs> <laughs> The fact that you agreed when I said Brissett was going to drop back fifty times. No, I actually and you didn't when correct you me and say what was yeah. you agreed with it. You agreed wait, 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 with wait, it, Travis. Wait, wait, wait. So I thought so, you were no, talking. No, 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 no. There's no bad. I thought you were talking we're, we're past now. tense. <laughs> oh, and past. So tense. I actually no, no, went no. and I looked up <laughs> his his pass attempts <laughs> while you were talking, and he he topped out at thirty nine pass attempts in week eight. Um, well, yeah, which is yeah, still insane. That's McDaniels, insane to have Joby, J- Jacoby Brissett pass the ball thirty nine times. That's that. I think if that that's the that's the definition of insanity. Dude, I saw Josh McDaniels turn Kyle Orton into a guy who led the league in receiving yards for or passing yards for like fifteen weeks. I think if he can do that with Kyle Orton, he's going to make Brissett a top ten fantasy quarterback. Just saying. Oh, sorry, I was yawning. 
You weren't yawning. Yeah, talking about Jacoby Brissett. Oh, man. All right. We better end this episode. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Um, thanks for listening again. Uh, next, So we're done with wide receivers, James. John's going to be na- back next week. Um, I think we're going to hit tight ends, and it shouldn't take us four episodes like it did for the receivers. So I'm excited about that. After the, the tight ends, I think we're done with the position dissections, and we're going to move into some more interesting topics here. We're going to do a rankings show where we talk about our all of our rankings discrepancies, which um, just a, a sneak peek, there are quite a few. Uh, we're going to do a Superflex mock draft at some point. Dynasty mock draft. That'll be fun. Superflex yeah. mock draft. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tune in for those. And thanks again for listening. You can follow all of us on Twitter. The The show handle is at SuperflexPod. Uh, we'll retweet trades. We'll respond to questions. Uh, you can follow me at TravisNFL. James is at DFF underscore the brain. John is at DFF Dynasty Dude. Uh, we are part of the Fantasy or Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. It's at DFF underscore Dynasty. The network, all of our great shows. We've got tons of podcasts over there. It's at DF underscore Network. Uh, they've got all the shows like the Fantasy Football Fellas. That's our redraft show. Right now they're prepping for 2018 already. Dynasty Warzone. It's our uh, flagship Dynasty podcast there. We've got IDP Edge Crusher, Ed, IDP Edge Crushers for all you IDP sickos. We've got Debbie Watch podcast uh, for you Debbie weirdos. We've got Capology 101. Uh, they're putting out some invaluable content right now regarding uh, the salary cap and player contracts. We've got the brand new Dynasty Trades Headquarters podcast. All trades all the time. Um, please, guys, rate and review our podcast if you can on iTunes or wherever you listen. Uh, those those reviews really help us out. They help us reach new listeners as well as help us improve our content. We look at those and, and we try to adjust accordingly and we're trying to get better every day. So leave your feedback there and, and we'll, we'll see it. Um, thanks to Heart and Soul Radio for their song, The Addiction, for our intro and outro music. And we'll see you next week for the tight end position. Until then, bye.